Clearly mark the radio dial setting at GameZillaMedia.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. GameZilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. <laughs> I did it again! Two weeks in a row! No jazzy fiddle! <laughs> yes! Guess who's back? Oh, back again. Oh, Deadite's back. Tell all your friends on social media. Tweet it. That's right. Deadite Grimlock taking over GameZilla Alpha once again. But this time... Throw your Z's up! Throw your Z's up! For this t- but this time we're doing it a little bit more... Probably organized, right? I, I think we should probably just admit the fact that the last show was completely just... What? We just didn't have any research done. I won't admit that. <laughs> like, I really thought that list was from 2014. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you know, nothing but the finest podcasting here at GameZilla Media. Yeah. I mean, people enjoyed it, though. We got we got a lot of, like, feedback about, like, what's your problem with Bloodborne? What's your problem with Bloodborne? I was like... Uh, it doesn't deserve to be number one. That's my problem. Yeah, I've I've had I've had day long diarrhea sessions. I enjoyed more than the pain Bloodborne put me through. <laughs> okay, so uh, that that was my problem, with Bloodborne. But welcome to Gamezilla Alpha episode fifty three. A very special episode because we have an interview for you. We sure do. And it's a, a doozy. And Eight Bit Steve isn't the one that brought it to us because he seems to be the one. He's been like owning all the interviews. Like, hey, I got uh, you know this voice actor for you, and I got this for he's you. He's hooked up. He's got connections. Yeah, I mean, he just. I know. He, it's it's our turn though. Okay, it's, we're all spreading our our wings like a vulture of death. <laughs> yeah, a vulture of death. I, that's that seems about accurate. I'll go with it. But anyways, thank you. thank you for going with it. That's all I've ever wanted from anyone here is to go with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go with it. Thank this you. is this isn't the normal show where I have to argue you about everything. So no, we save our we save our our fights to the death about yeah. dumb things like Lion King on Sega. That's that's strictly a Games of Love podcast thing. Right. It's from Monday nights on Twitch. Yeah, Games of Alpha. Now that it's just Deadite and Grimlock, it's the it's the the real duo here. This is the real us, right? We're actually <laughs> friends. It's weird. I think it's like test. And Jazzy bring out the rage in us. It's true. That and Rocket League. If we're playing against each other in Rocket League, we're not friends. If we're on the same team, friends again. Well, the only thing that's kept Grim and I from fist fighting at work is the fact that we're at work. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And the only reason I haven't chucked my Switch at his face is because I like my Nintendo Switch yep. more than him. He's he's <laughs> been. I've seen him pick up a bowl of soup once or twice, and I'm like, I'm gonna get burnt. He's gonna scalp me. <laughs> but today we kept our cools because we had an interview with Spearhead Games, uh, and if you ever heard of them, they've uh, they've been around for a few years, but uh, they've made games for the PS4 and Steam primarily. Uh, the the game that that most people will be familiar with is Stories: The Path of Destinies. Uh, is a very cool. Um, a action RPG that takes takes place with a bunch of uh, anthropomorphic. Uh, sorry, you play as a anthropomorphic fox named Renardo uh, that 
takes place in the uh, Renaissance, fighting against uh, an oppressive emperor, and the player controls the uh, the fox in third-person perspective, using a combination of attack combos and, and to defeat foes, gain experience points, unlock combat skills. Uh, you know, get to craft new weapons. So a lot of RPG elements, but also it's a storytelling like style game with like 25 different endings. So pretty cool game. But that's what they've been known for, that, that one um, best PC game and best indie game back in 2016 uh, Canadian Video Game Awards. They're based out of Montreal. Their games are like candy for your eyes. The, their yeah. art style is so slick and so polished. Uh, I, I absolutely lo- love just checking out the visuals, and I'm actually pretty excited about Omen Sight. Yeah, so that's, and that's it. Uh, 2016 was when they won their awards. They've been working on their next game since that, and it is called Omen Sight, uh, which is a spiritual successor to Stories. And I think you're, if, if you haven't seen this game, first of all, it's be- it looks really cool. But uh, we're going to get in this interview because I think uh, we spoke with Malik, and I think he's going to explain this so much better. You can feel the passion um, in 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 this interview and really get to uh, get to know him, get to know the studio, and really get to understand Omen Sight. We may have even squeaked a little bit of hot news that's not released yet. A little bit, yeah. We may have squeaked a little bit out. We used our... Uh our persuasion, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he was like, well, you know, when's this show drop live? And I was like, well, when's it need to drop live? <laughs> for you to give us the scoop. <laughs> yeah, for you to give us that scoop. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to get into the interview right now. Here's Malik from Spearhead Games. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome. We have a special interview here today from Spearhead Games. We have Malik from the studio. How you doing, Malik? I am doing great. How about you? You know, we're we're just we're finally recovered from PAX East. It's only been like three three <laughs> weeks, but it, it took that long to uh, to get uh, oh. back to normal. But what a show, uh, right? Yeah, I got the PAX box. I guess we we people call that. <laughs> I got so sick after PAX. I was like oh, in no. bed for three days. Oh, you were one of the unlucky people. I escaped that. The only thing I did, <laughs> yeah, escaped. <laughs> the only thing I did was roll my ankle and and almost break my leg. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that was. That's fair enough. <laughs> I've never done it. At conv- I've never done that at a convention. But you know, I figured I had to put it on my bucket list. Let's let's get it out of the way. <laughs> well, thank you wow, for taking okay. the time here and being on the show. Um, mm-hmm. We wanted to uh, bring you on to po- to Gamezilla Alpha. And talk about your game. Just we, we met you at PAX East. We got to see the game Omen Sight, um, and the artwork instantly grabbed us and, get, and get, got our attention to the where we wanted to talk with you guys. So thank you again for you know agreeing to the interview and uh, coming on the show. Sure, my pleasure. Let's go ahead and uh, let's get started with Spearhead Games. What can you tell us about the studio itself? Uh, sure. So Spearhead Games, uh, we came to existence about five years ago. Uh, I started that along with my uh, partner, Atul. Uh, we both came uh, from EA, and previously I worked at Ubisoft for a while, so we had like a couple years of AAA experience. And at that point, uh, you know, we felt we, we've seen what AAA was, and, uh, you know, we decided to try something different in terms of... Uh, how we make games like a smaller team, more uh, flexible and all that, but also, you know, have the possibility to explore more what we can do with video games without the constraints of 
uh, huge teams and uh, you know big marketing and risk aversion of having to handle 300 millions in budgets and things like that <laughs> so we started this got a couple guys uh, with you know like-minded uh, spirit along with us and uh, you know we've been going since then we released a couple games since then uh, we've been very productive I guess because uh, in five years we released four games uh, actually Omen site is the longest we worked on a game before that we uh, spent a year or less on a game First one was Tiny Brains, a uh, four-player co-op action puzzler with offline and online. It was a PS4 launch title, which is an insane thing to do as a first game, like figuring out how a platform works. <laughs> but, you know, it was a good experience, crazy, but uh, we learned a lot. Uh, then we did Ace, another weird, crazy idea of actually trying to do an online competitive game on Steam. Uh, we were pretty ahead of our time. We tried to push uh, things like spectator interaction, things like that, uh, way too early. Like we tried to talk to Switch, uh, Twitch. Sorry about that. And like that's great, uh, but uh, you know, we don't have that yet. And now they're finally starting to bring that on. So <laughs> we're kind of happy we thought about it before everyone. But now we're sad that it came out three years after we were done with the project. But uh, yeah, and then we did stories, our previous game. Uh, uh, sort of interactive story, action RPG, uh, with a really cool narrative concept. Uh, that went really well on PS4 and PC. We got some nice awards, good reviews, uh, people loved it. And that gave us, you know, after finishing that game, we really wanted to uh, push forward some of the ideas that we had in that game and that we didn't necessarily have time to explore or just were out of scope or, you know, things that came in very late, like, oh, we could do that. And so we did Omen Sites, our last game that we're just about to get released, May 15th. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, lastly, you guys are um, based out of Montreal, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great place to be as an indie developer because there's a huge community here. Like, there's probably 150 indie studios in oh, Montreal. Wow. I don't know them all. I know a lot of them, but uh, there's so many. And uh, it's really cool because uh, it's a great tight-knit community and we help each other, we meet regularly and all that. So it feels really cool to be an indie in Montreal. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that, that's something that's missing missing here in the uh, the Michigan area. We have a few uh, indie developers that we've been able to meet and interact with, but nothing, we don't have that uh, tight-knit community that, that uh, mm. some of these other places have. So, but... Um, yeah. You know, you're talk, we're talking about Omen Sight today. Uh, you did mm -hmm. mention stories, and stories yeah. would be the game. Like, like I did play Tiny Brains uh, when when yeah. the PS4 first came out, but I really cool. got to know you guys with when stories came out because mm -hmm. uh, you caught me with the character, right? Like you instantly yeah. grabbed me with the fox and the art <laughs> style, and I was like, okay, this got my attention. And then you know, I watch the trailer, I get in, and I start looking at this, and I'm like, wow, this is really you know, different. And I think mm -hmm. you mentioned it is that your studio, you know, you left, you left a triple A world so that you could uh, cut the restrictions and be more flexible. So yeah. when you talk about stories and then you talk about a spiritual, a spiritual uh, successor in Omen site, mm -hmm. being an indie company, how, do, like, how do you, how does this come to be? Like, how do you come up with this idea where, like, your main characters are, you know, anamorphic, uh, you know, foxes and bears and, and bunnies and things like that? What what brings that out? Where do, where do these ideas come from? Uh, a bit from our art director because he's uh, 
actually a graphic novel artist originally before he jumped into video games. And, you know, he has that very cool, uh, you know, cartoony style, plus he's got influences from manga and all that. He's really good at hand drawing. So that's definitely an influence. Uh, uh, he's not a guy who likes photorealistic stuff. But even then, as Indies, uh, like, you know, we picked him up for that also, because, uh, you know, we try to make games that uh, are immersive in their, their own way and that try to tell stories that are engaging and all that. And, you know, we're 15 people uh, and we have like a very limited budget. So, uh, you know, telling a compelling story, sure, if you're a triple A, you can do like these awesome facial animations and motion captures and super realistic faces. Uh, but we can do that. But that doesn't mean we can't tell a story. We just need to use other means, like be more creative with what we do. So, for example, those animal characters you mentioned are really great because they are super expressive, even if they're small or, you know, cartoony, because, you know, just because they're animals or they have very specific silhouettes, they're expressive. It tells you something about the character. You know, the fox guy, you expect him to be a bit roguish, a bit cunning, you know, uh, the cat character, maybe they're uh, smart, maybe they're agile. You know, every animal ha comes with like a, kind of preset of emotions, of personality traits. So we don't need to have them like super realistic and, you know, real actors to actually convey these things. And, you know, there's been history of that, being able to even tell serious stories with that, like uh, the Black Sad graphic novel, for example, who has like animal characters and very serious stories. So, yeah, and even, you know, the environments, uh, our use of colors, uh, lighting, shapes, all that, you know, can be very expressive to create atmospheres, ambiences, without having to go super high depth 4K textures and all that. So, you know, it's using our constraints in a way that's actually allow us to be more creative and not less. And that's always the thing, I think, to be an indie is, how can we be smart? And that's why we need that flexibility. It's, you know, we have to, you know, be very creative and, you know, we have a limited set of tools, but that doesn't mean that we are limited. We just have to be smarter, more creative about what we do and how we do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was drawn to the art style. It's a, it's something that I'm a fan of. You know, I'm, I've am i loved things uh, uh, like Ori and the Blind Forest, for example, right? Very high <laughs> art, you know, um, but able to tell a, a dark story in a way, but but in mm -hmm. a beautiful way. And so, yeah. you know, when I saw games, when I see games like this, especially when I saw uh, Omen Sight, I was like, this, honestly, it reminded me of stories in a way. And then sure mm -hmm. enough, I was like, oh yeah, this is why, because <laughs> they made stories. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, like uh, as far as, so, uh, as far as stories go, you know, we'll uh, we'll make sure to include links in our in our download page for people to see what's already out there. But let's move in. Let's really start to focus in on Omen Site here and talk mm -hmm. about. I, I you called a spiritual uh, spiritual successor, and mm -hmm. it's because you know some people already that have seen trailers and have seen the game at convention kind of are, are asking that question: like, is this a sequel to Stories? Because it has a it has a similar feel, but yeah. But why don't we talk? Let's start with Omen Sight and the idea of what what is Omen Sight, and and then <laughs> all, yeah, right, and then also yeah. like what um, 
there are a lot of cool things and stories that you talked about that when you read the reviews, uh, you got a lot of positive reviews about these mechanics, but then yeah. as you played the game longer and longer, they said repetition, right? And I think yeah. that, I think you took that exact review, that, that exact you know criticism in a way, and you you said, here, look at Omen Sight. We, we did exactly what you were looking for. Yeah, uh, that's true. We actually solved, I think, at least we solved that. We'll see what people think, you know. But as far as I'm concerned, we it was one of our primary focuses with uh, Omen Sight. Uh, so, wait, how do you want me to start Omen Sight and then come back to that answer? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, because Omen Sight uh, did start with some elements of uh, stories uh, you know, with stories, we explored a lot interactive storytelling. Uh, if you remember uh, that sort of exploration of narrative where you had like, I think, 25 different endings to that story, but they were all related because Renardo kind of time loops and remembers what happened, Renardo being that Fox main character. Uh, but, you know, it was uh, a lot of the fun was exploring those stories. Uh, there was not necessarily a huge challenge in figuring out what's the good ending, but it was really fun to see what would happen because we made sure that every choice like was unique. There was no fallback or cheat where we kind of put you back in another story because we didn't want to create a whole new story. No, we did create like 25 unique stories with like, we had a lot of fun in coming up with 25 unique endings that really felt different. Uh, like it could be comedy, it could be like dark Cthulhu, H.P. Lovecraft, dark gods. It could be like drama, it could be romance. We had a lot of fun with that. And going with Omen Sight, um, like we we wanted to keep that learning about interactive storytelling, uh, see where we can keep pushing that because we feel stories is quite unique in its own way, and there's way more to do with that. So. Omen Sight is, to go back to Omen Sight finally, it is an action murder mystery. So in that game, you play a character called the Harbinger, which is a sort of mystical, uh, almost a demigod character that only appears in the world when there's a big problem happening, uh, something that really needs to be solved. And when you appear at the beginning of the day, uh, you immediately see that there's a war going on between two factions, like... uh, the fantasy equivalent of World War II in terms of scale. But that's not even the biggest problem, is that very quickly you realize that the world ends. Uh, Dark God of Destruction appears and basically eats the world. And that's what you have to basically prevent from happening, even though it already happened. But fortunately, uh, someone gives you, because you're the Harbinger, the ability to come back in the morning of that last day and try to save the world and you have to solve a murder to do that, uh, you'll realize that pretty quickly. It has started with a murder, and that's why it's a murder mystery. So compared to stories, there's still that element of exploration where you explore different possible timelines. You make decisions, you make choices that affect the outcome of that day. It can be different. You really can shape that world or that day because when you're not there, the events will unfold in a certain way, but the moment you show up, then you can mess with people. You possibly can kill someone that shouldn't have died. You can influence them. and But you don't do that just for the exploration, like in stories. And that's where it's different, where we push the concept further, is that you have that murder to solve. So what we really try to do in this case is actually make the story, the narrative, into a gameplay. 
So you make those decisions, you explore the timelines, and every dialogue is not just flavor, it actually could be a hint, a clue, that allows you to win that puzzle, solve that puzzle, and basically win the game. And that's uh, one of the key things we did. Another element that also is kind of an evolution from stories that um, we put a lot of effort into blending the storytelling, the narrative with gameplay. So if you remember with stories, there was this narrator that was constantly telling you story as you played, reacting to what you did. Uh, it was an ongoing thing, even though there was the the book aesthetics along the way that choose your own adventure type of aesthetics. There still was that narrator, and we wanted to push that even further. Like, uh, how can we make sure that the story and the gameplay are a continuous flow? They're not two things that are separate. Mm-hmm. And one of the weird things we came up with is that the Harbinger is actually a silent protagonist, which is a bit unusual for an interactive story game, but... We did that because we felt that we could just have the player interact with the world and make decisions with action gameplay. And these things are already expressive. You know, stabbing someone is already something. It's an action gameplay thing, but do that in a story and it means something and using magical powers like the Omen site as well. The other element is because it's a murder mystery, we wanted the decisions to be the player's decision, not the harbinger's decision. And, you know, in stories, Renardo, it was a lot of fun having him try to justify the, your decisions and go along with <laughs> them. And he, it was very funny. And, you know, we had a lot of fun with like, this makes no sense. But, you know, Renardo is a bit of a careless kind of guy. He's, you know, he's a funny guy, so it made sense. Uh, but in this case, what we wanted to try is what if that character doesn't assume what you're trying to do and it's you that make that decision why you're doing something but then obviously the other characters in the game the npcs and the world has their own interpretation maybe you kill someone because you thought they were the bad guy but the guys around you that see you maybe think you did that because you're just crazy and that's you know the world reacts to you and you had that thought and you have to live with the consequences because that's also a thing that's really important to us uh, that we always want to try to make evolve is we want you to make decisions that are meaningful. You have a reason why you do something. You want to know something. You want to prove something. You're going somewhere and you have a meaningful consequence. Something is going to happen because of what you did. Something meaningful and changing like that is nowhere near what would have happened if you made the other choice. Yeah, exactly. The trailer that we got, one of the, some of the newer trailers that have come out has really shown you the concept you're talking about with the uh, Harbinger being, a, uh, being silent, is that mm-hmm. you play a lot of, though your character is, that, is structured that way, because you have these um, you know, NPCs in, and in, in, like you said, in the, um, you know, we saw a rabbit form and, and, a, and a ba- like, I remember, I'll never forget the bear because I'm like, my, our, our producer here, Ethan, is, uh, he's a huge uh, fan of bears. So when I saw the bear, I, I was like, oh, he's gonna like this character. But it was something I was instantly drawn to too. I was like, oh, what's going on with that bear? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I, um, I thought it was interesting that you told, the story kind of gets told to you through these sub characters you know that you're teaming up with and they're mm-hmm. helping you through your journey so that's interesting can you can you um dive in a little bit into uh, these characters that you're going to run into along the way 
Yeah, for sure. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, there's a war going on and there are some key people in each faction, uh, like their heroes, their bosses, their generals, their kings that play a big part in how things ended up into the end of the world. So as the Harbinger, you are going to meet with them and you have many reasons why some you might think have you just want to know what they're up to. What was their agenda that day? How are they related to this situation? Or you think they might help you uncover something, get somewhere. Uh, so depending on how you're driving this investigation, you might end up siding with any of these guys, including being on the opposite sides of the war, seeing these things from different perspectives. And that's a lot of fun to do as well, because uh, you rarely have that opportunity to actually uh, be the guy who can be everywhere at once and you know you can come back afterward you can help the empire win and then help the rebels win and you've seen both for different reasons and it can be very satisfying to feel that i could have had that impact on this world i could have crushed the rebellion uh the world still ended but i did it and hopefully i learned <laughs> something from doing that and yeah we build these characters uh you know as part of that investigation, but we made sure that uh, they were all unique and different and interesting in their own way. As much as in stories, you know, we created different flavors with the different endings. Here we created that with these different characters. So one can be, you know, a uh, very lighthearted joker, or sarcastic type of character, while another can be a strict general with, you know, very rigid way of thinking. And because you hang out with them as potential allies, they'll lead you somewhere, they'll help you around. Uh, it will affect the feeling of that day because it's not the same people talking to you and the same perception of the world. So just because they're like that, it creates a different feeling, different flavor every time you play. And again, that's also helpful for that repetition aspect of the that we had with stories. It's one of the many elements we did for that. And obviously these characters also have uh, different powers and abilities because they are present with you throughout the game. They're not just story elements, they're gameplay elements as well. They have powers they can, you can call upon during battle, they can help you get somewhere you can't, uh, lift you somewhere, open heavy doors, push heavy blocks, things like that. So it's all like a cohesive experience with these characters. They're as much part of the story as they are part of the gameplay actually. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about you know stories is that there was because of the twenty five different endings and the different ways that the story can can unfold, there was a lot of replay value. And you know, yeah. the, and this when we move into Omen Sight, we see that you took that concept and just grew it. Right? It's just it's so much on a, on such a higher scale that mm -hmm. it really is intriguing that that concept of being able to. Um, you know, like you said, team up with different with different members, and and they give you different abilities. Obviously, I think Ethan's going to run the bear the entire time if he can. But you know, that's just <laughs> his point. I I definitely would would play the game differently. And I think that's what makes this game exciting is that you could have a group you know a group full of people that play this game, and each one of them will will play it differently because you're giving them that ability to do so you know it's not yeah. it's not super linear where it's like you all end up getting this character and then you all end up getting this weapon no you're you're kind of allowing people to make decisions and, and head down different paths and that's that's really cool yeah absolutely you know there's what i tell to people is you no know, there's one murder and one you know cause of that murder 
It's how you get there that's going to be unique to each player. How do you approach that? What's your thinking process? Do you hang out with the bear just because you like him? Sure, maybe <laughs> you'll hang out way more with him than most people, but you know, eventually you might need to investigate something else because you know there might be so much he knows or can help you with. But still, it's going to be a different experience be based on that. So, and that's really important to us, giving you know our players that feeling that they can own the story, like it's not us you know just telling you a story it's as much your story as it is what we do we collaborate in telling that story you uh you know we both tell that story we give you a setting you know a limited number of choice for sure because you know we are 15 people we can do everything but enough freedom that it's your path and when you talk about the game with someone else you'll go oh i did that what how did you do that how did that happen you know, yeah, exactly. that other person never thought of trying that and never seen that outcome. And you did. And that's fun. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, going to drive replayability because you want to see. Yeah, it's true. I never tried to have these two guys meet and see what happens. And oh, let's see. Exactly. It's I mean, if anything, being at PAX East, you know, I got to go into the Sony booth and I got to play um, Detroit Become Human. Right. Which yeah. is, is all about that concept. So then to shift over to, you know, the indie scene and see something that reminded me so much of that game over in Sony's booth. I was like, oh, this is cool because I'm not gonna lie to you. The second I saw the animals and the bear, you know, and again, the bear just grabbed me like for me, it was like. Oh, cool! It's it's similar to you know that concept of you know when you think back and I think about when I think back at games that gave you choice. I think of like Until Dawn, um, or even further back, you go to Heavy Rain, right? The previous game mm -hmm. from from uh, the creators of Detroit Become Human. But I mm -hmm. um, I like that style, and I just don't think there's a lot of it out there that's that I will call true like storytelling where I get to pick my outcome like there's a lot of games that like flaunt it but then like you play it and you go oh my my decisions really don't make a difference but yeah you know st stories had like you said stories had completely different endings so you know we, we already have that game to sit back and say spearhead games knows what they're doing when it comes to this concept i have a lot of faith in omen sight so um that's really cool. Now, I guess with with all the like you said, people can play and you know be talk, you know go to work the next day and talk about it and sit there and say, hey, you know, I this happened to me, and you know, and the other person is going to be like, oh wow, that something completely happened different for me. Now the yeah. question comes down to, uh, how, what type of play time does this game give you overall? Where if someone was so excited about somebody else's results that they want to play through it again. Like, what uh, what are we looking at for for a game here? How many how many hours is someone going to put into this for a play? That's a good question. I seen a guy who's a speedrunner <laughs> do it in four point five hours. Okay, okay. <laughs> he was optimizing, uh, and then you know he definitely didn't play all the content. He was rushing through, uh, so probably that's the minimum. And then I don't know, maybe 12 hours uh, to see everything, maybe more, uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you replay it from scratch, it's going to be faster because you'll know some key information and then you can freely explore and go 
Uh, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like speed, speed running is obviously the, the, the exception. You're really trying to push the envelope there. So let's say like, yeah. like you're saying eight to 12 hours for a normal person that's playing the game. Yeah. And, I'm guessing, uh, a normal person will do that yeah. because yeah, not everyone, not everyone's like trail is to finish the game as fast as possible. <laughs> right. So exactly. So, and, you know, it's, explore as well so and then with that on top of it like you said the the replay values so i mean you're talking eight to twelve for a single playthrough and then yeah. you're not counting all the additional hours that are, that are going to be there if you want to try to explore different avenues and, and, and everything so that's uh that's really cool i mm. i've been i was a fan of the um i guess i'll call it like the the advertisement the slogan that you guys have been been pushing for the game which is solve the murder rewrite doomsday on cover the truth avert the apocalypse and i was like mm -hmm. every time I, i'm like reading it i'm like okay oh okay you know like i'm getting more and more into this so um but yeah i mean omen site it, it it's it looks really cool the art style is fantastic the new the new main character is mysterious and intriguing you know and the fact that um he is a silent protagonist here that uh, you can really start to craft your own story around him and, and try and, and, and have your own vision of this character. So, um, but let's, uh, there, there has been some, some cool news that just recently happened that I don't even think we had uh, at PAX East, and that is how, where can I play this game? When? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we announced that it's going to come out on May 15th. On uh, PC, uh, Steam, at least. <laughs> right. We'll see for other stores and uh, PS4. PS4 though, that's that's actually like brand new news, is it? That was yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we were uh, at PAX. We, actually, you know, we announced it at PAX East. You, yeah, you uh, did. You know, you saw the game at the uh, Sony booth. But yeah, before that, we were mostly looking at PC, and uh, yeah, we got locked down on PS4. It's yeah. a platform we've worked with since the beginning, uh, as I said earlier. So, uh, you know, we know we know our way around the PS4. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense because, like you said, uh, Tiny Brains was uh, was a launch title for PS4. So, the, yeah, you yeah. are familiar with the platform. You're familiar with their with their you know process to get your game out there. So that that does help. Yeah, I think when yeah. we were at PAX, you did make the announcement, but but the website at the time was still sitting there saying, um, you know, PC. AKA Steam, uh, and then other platforms to be determined type deal, you know? So, yeah, so yeah you are going to be yeah, able probably to... the website wasn't uh, right. super up to date. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, May Actually, 15th. Since most of the team was at PAX, probably, well, whoever is supposed to do that was at PAX. At the booth, so. <laughs> <laughs> they were busy, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, May 15th, your uh, PS4 and Steam are both dropping yeah. on May 15th. And uh, we do have, if you're a PlayStation Plus member and you uh, pre-order this game, if you get into it early, early on, you're looking at um, getting a, I think it's like PlayStation's doing like a 20% uh, type deal where if you uh, pre-order the game before it releases. Uh, so that's, again, got to be PlayStation Plus. But if you own a PlayStation 4 and you're not PlayStation Plus, I mean, I'm going to have to ask you what, do you, what are you doing exactly? <laughs> Just watching movies. Yeah, nope, not, not the case. <laughs> But um, and then on Steam as well, I think uh, you were saying that you that you guys were doing something special with your website uh, for for the game. Did you want to go over that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So uh, before launch, we uh, want to do some something fun like with the community and all that. Uh, 
So, you know, it's fun to wishlist the game before launch, and we know we want to gamify that a bit. You know, we're game designers. So uh, we're going to start a quest with people. Uh, whoever wishlists the game, we're going to start like a progression bar. And as we reach certain milestones, uh, we're going to give rewards to everyone who actually participated and wishlisted the game. So, um, for example, when we reach uh, 10,000 uh, wishlists, we're going to give away a collector's edition of uh, stories on uh, Steam, which is pretty cool because it includes the game, the uh, art book, the soundtrack, and then, you know, further down, we're going to uh, give away the art book of Women's Side, the soundtrack of Women's Side. So it's pretty fun for people who, uh, you know, want good stuff and, you know, want to help us out and, uh, you know, help us get the game out there and uh, make some noise about it because uh, we always need that as a small team. So, yeah, just go to our website and uh, you'll see that going on. Uh, yep, I'm super excited about that because it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, when art books and anything, anything I can get my hands on that gives me more of this art style, I'm, I'm a fan, you know, so that's, yeah. and, and I know many people uh, agree with that. So, and, yeah. and yeah, there's, so there is the, um, there is the omensite.com website that yep. people can go to and there is a wish list now right at the top of the site uh, so mm -hmm. that they can get get involved and there's also obviously all the trailers and, and, and a lot of other information about the game and then of mm -hmm. course people can um, also visit spearheadgames.com uh, and they can see uh, all the different games that you guys have been have worked on including yeah, stories including stories <laughs> yeah absolutely so is there anywhere else that um, people can find you you know do you as far as uh, i'm sure you guys are on social media how can people find you out there in in the social world well we're uh yeah sure we're on twitter and facebook uh spearhead mtl uh we're pretty easy to find uh we're very active we're also on discord if people want to chat live uh there's always uh a, a couple devs checking out and you know chatting with people so feel free to come and say hi and, uh, you know, discuss things, whether previous games or just uh, what's up with Omen site, what are we up to and all that. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Again, Omen site, it's coming out May 15th for the PS4 and on PC through Steam. Um, the game looks phenomenal. Uh, I, I guess my, my one little side question here is, are you actively put, trying to push this game towards the Nintendo Switch? Uh, we are looking into it. <laughs> uh, the thing is, obviously, as a small team, we can't do too many platforms at the same time. So, you know, we did PC and PS4 because that's where we had the most experience and, you know, we already had the hardware and all that. So once we're done, the game, uh, we're confident it's shipped and, you know, not buggy and whatnot. Uh, we'll start looking into other platforms. Personally, I would love to see a Switch version. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, yeah, we we, we like we wanted to ask that because I mean, one thing that we did uh, get a, a a taste of at PAX East is that is how we knew the Switch was doing well, right? We know Nintendo's doing well with their with their new system, and but it was the first. You know, when we were at PAX East last year, the system was a week old. So, yeah. if that, I mean, I had one, and I was I was j just getting just getting to learn what the system was at last PAX East. So this was the first PAX where I really felt like. Like you could talk to developers and see how excited they were, like on their side of the world, how exciting it was that 
they had this platform that they could try to get their game onto. So, um, mm. you know, and this obviously, uh, when I think of like even stories, right? Even even trying to bring stories to the Switch seems very intriguing because we are watching a lot of older indie games kind of get a second life uh, over on the Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, for sure, it's a very promising and exciting platform. The thing is, when we started Omen Sight, it wasn't even released yet, so yeah. <laughs> it wasn't in our initial plans. But now that it's out and all that, uh, you know, it's definitely on our radar. Awesome. All right. Well, we want to, you know, again, SpearheadGames.com. Uh, Omen Sight is the game. Make sure to uh, take a look. Get ready for the release coming out May fifteenth. We want to thank Malik for stopping by, being on the podcast. Um, thank you so much for taking the time and telling us about Omen Sight. Sure. Well, that was my pleasure, and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out, and uh, we'll see you next time on GameZilla Alpha.